Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Alt Reports Radio. And today I'm on here with Kevin Dahlstrom of Swell Money. Happy to have you here, Kevin. You know, with Alt Reports, what I'm trying to do is investigate alternative investments outside of the 60-40 stocks and bonds portfolio. I've been exploring alternative investments over the last year. I found that there's just a whole bunch that you just don't know about. Otherwise, you wouldn't hear about from your CPA or your financial planner. And it sounds like you're squarely in there. So thanks for coming on. And tell us a little bit about Swell Money and how you got to building this thing. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, alternative investments is it's like a whole other world that most people don't know about. I mean, and, and the bottom line is because most alt investments are limited to accredited investors, that world is really open, only open to wealthy people. Uh, and yeah. that, that's one of the things I'm working on changing. So quick background on me. Uh, I'm the, uh, I've been in financial services, consumer financial services. Most of my career I've started, I think four companies, um, wow. one went public. Uh, I've also worked at larger public companies. Uh, I came up through the marketing ranks. So I was a CMO at three different public companies in, in addition okay. to being a founder, um, and founded swell, um, which is my current company in January. And, um, in a nutshell, swell is a banking app. So it's an alternative to a traditional bank. Um, and it's really built around this idea of helping people gain wealth. Right. So if you if you really step back and think about it, it's kind of insane that we don't um, expect really anything out of our banks other than that they hold our money and maybe lend it back to us. But why shouldn't a bank be your partner in helping you build wealth? And, and you know, the formula for building wealth is really simple. Right. You you spend less than you make. You eliminate bad debt and you make investments that compound. And it turns out that some of the best compounding invest investments are in the alt investment space. So one of the things we're doing at Swell through a product we call Swell Compound is increasing access to alternative investments, to private equity investments, not only to accredited investors, but also to non-accredited. So that's something that's super important for building wealth. And uh, as I said earlier, most people don't even know that whole world exists. Hmm. So tell, so you've started a bank. Is that the, the way I'm hearing it? Or I, I looked at the site a little bit. It looks like you're partnering, partnering with some other financial institutions. Do people open an account with you on yeah. the app? Like, so it's a little confusing that. because of the way the whole uh, banking world works. So Swell, my company is a fintech company. So we're a financial technology company. We, um, we have an app called the Swell app. Behind the scenes, all fintech companies that do anything in financial services, you have to have what's called a sponsor bank. So we have a, a sponsor bank. It's a $7 billion asset um, public uh, bank called Central Pacific Bank. They are our sponsor bank. They provide basically account services, the FDIC insurance. Um, they are the issuer of loans through Swell. But the entire user experience is owned by Swell. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get you know, all of your deposits and your loans come from a FDIC insured bank, um, but you get the benefit of all the technology and all the new things that Swell is doing to kind of shake up banking, including the investment product compound that I talked about. So it's a little confusing, mm -hmm. but from a consumer's point of view, um, all they don't have to know any of that. Uh, they use the Swell app. It completely replaces their existing bank account. It comes with a checking account, a debit mm -hmm. card, credit products, and so on. 
So it's, it is a replacement for your Wells Fargo account. Hmm. So I had a thing for one of my kids called Greenlight. I don't know if you saw that. Right. It sort of it sounds like it might be similar in that space where there's there's some some uh, bank behind it. How did you? That sounds like a big lift to be able to go out there and get a bank to sponsor the fintech. Well, like what? How did you? How did that come about? Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. <clears throat> well, you're, that's a very astute comment because. It's really, really hard to build a company like Swell. And the good news is, uh, in, in my case, myself and my team, we've been in this space for a long time. I've been in financial services for a long time. I've uh, been in, you know, indirectly working and directly working with banks for a long time. We actually incubated Swell inside of our partner bank. So prior to January 1st of this year, um, we were a division of a public bank. We spun the company out as an independent company. We raised a, a series A round of venture capital, $10 million round and hired a team and the rest is history. We're actually launching our product as we speak. It's by invitation only right now, um, but anybody can go sign up at swellmoney.com, join our wait list, and eventually you'll get to use the, the product. But, but you're absolutely right. Um, not only is it hard to start companies like this, but Banking is a very hard space to disrupt because it's got pretty significant moats and it's incredibly regulated. So um, I joke with my friends in, in business that I only choose projects with max difficulty. And so <laughs> that's certainly the case with Swell. There, there's, it'd be hard to find a business that's harder to start. But the flip side of that is it'd also be harder to find a business with more upside opportunity because if you believe, as I do, that we're in the early stages of a major sea change in the way that banking works, then the opportunity is enormous. It's a trillion dollar industry. Hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. When you say major sea change, what do you see coming? Well, I mean, the I'll just give you a, a great statistic from our research that sort of um, says everything. So um, we did a survey. We have about, uh, I don't know, 5,000 people on our wait list right now. And we did a survey where we asked them, um, you know, does, what is your, does your bank help you get ahead financially? Do they, do they help you control your spending? Do they help you um, reduce your debt? And 98% and said no. In fact, what they say is the opposite. My bank, um, in some ways, guides me to do the wrong things with my money. And so it's not hard to imagine that if, if, you, if there was a bank alternative that actually helped you grow your money, that would be pretty appealing to a lot of people. Uh, and so when I talk about a sea change, that's what's happening is the fintech industry is sort of slowly picking apart little pieces of banking and financial services by simply doing a better job, providing better user experience or better products, lower cost. And so you're seeing companies like Robinhood and Chime and a bunch of you know, PayPal, Venmo, Square, all these companies are, um, are picking off pieces of the, the pie and it's very hard for banks to compete because uh, they are the incumbent and it's hard to cannibalize a big fat revenue stream. And so, um, you know, it's going to take time. But, you know, the nice thing about the banking industry is because it's so large, you know, if Swell can capture 0.1% of the consumer banking market, we're a multi-billion dollar company. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. So tell me a little bit about what, is different. Why are you different from a Robin Hood? Like, how is it not just uh, banking in an, in an app? What is, what are the things that you're doing that are distinctly different? Yeah. So the, the, um, 
our initial wedge into the consumer market is through credit. And, and the reason we chose credit is because it's probably the number one problem that your average consumer needs to solve. You know, most people, probably a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably pretty sophisticated with their money. It's easy to forget that there's a trillion dollars of credit card debt in the U.S. And guess what the average rate is on that credit card debt? It's over 20%. So wow. you have millions and millions of consumers paying over 20% APR on, on credit card balances of five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. There's a better way to do it. And so our initial wedge into market is through um, what we call swell credit, which is basically just a lower cost credit option. So the simple idea being, if you're paying 21% today on credit card balance, why not switch to swell and pay 14, 15%. And we also provide some other tools to help you get the debt paid off faster. And so um, the current version of swell combines a checking account we call swell cash with a credit account we call Swell Credit. It's one app, one product. It's not a separate credit card and a separate checking account. And by being integrated, it allows us to do a lot of cool things. Um, a lot of those are, are coming in the future. We're starting off with a pretty simple product that meets a very specific need. And of course, the, the next product that rolls out is called Swell Compound. That's coming in Q1. That adds in the investment side of it where you'll have access to alt investments, even if you're not accredited. Hmm. So from a, an internal perspective, like with your company, a lot of times, you know, I've, my background was, I've dealt a lot with credit and with lending mm -hmm. for uh, 20 years or so. And most of the time, the interest rate, to some degree, they try to tie it to default rates and this sort of thing. So if you're just lowering your interest rate, then how do you compensate for you know, loss and that sort of stuff? Or is are you can are you saying more that the current rates out there are predatory and that's why you're coming in with these sort of lower rates? Or how are you able to do lower rates than other? Well, I wouldn't lenders? use the word predatory, but it's absolutely true that banks operate on incredibly fat margins. There's a reason, okay. you know, the big four banks. Uh, cumulatively made $124 billion in bottom line profit last year. So these are banks that operate at a 25% net margin, despite being some of the most bloated companies in the universe. So hmm. that, that there's, there's, I'm going to answer your question in a couple of ways. Number one is that banks operate at high margins. And so we can operate at the same credit loss rates and simply operate at lower margins because we're a scalable technology company. We don't have, okay. you know, 10,000 offices and 100,000 employees um, salaries we have to pay. We're we're very focused um, technology company. Um, the second thing is, though, that we actually do have, you know, it's as hard as it is to believe a simple thing like integrating a checking account with the line of credit allows us to mitigate losses in a really powerful way. So, for example, mm -hmm. um, one of the things we require to activate your line of credit with Swell is that you've got to deposit a portion of your paycheck into your Swell account, into your Swell cash account. And you can use your Swell debit card just like you can any other debit card or credit card. But what that does is it helps us mitigate losses so we can operate at lower rates. So there's a couple okay. angles to it. One is we just don't need to operate at the same fat margins as a bank because we're a fintech company. The second is we actually do have ways to mitigate losses that banks don't have or have chosen not to implement. Hmm. 
So tell me a little bit about this. I want to get into the compound yeah. and what's coming out there. Tell me a little bit about what kind of assets or investments you see going in there. How are you getting around the accredited yeah. uh, situation? And what are, you, what are your targets for returns? Let's talk about all that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, compound has been the biggest lightning rod because there is so much pent up demand for um, alt investments. There's growing awareness. You know, like I'm pretty active on Twitter. And I can tell you for a fact, like the Twitter communities, you know, whether it be the financial community, the real estate community, they are uh, chomping at the bit to get access to these investments. Uh, and so mm -hmm. to get into the weeds a little bit, what we're doing, there's a little known uh, investment vehicle called a Reg A fund, Regulation A. Um, and it's one of several crowdfunding vehicles that exist out there. And what Reg A allows you to do is within certain parameters, it allows you to set up a fund that can invest in private market alternative investments, um, but but um, it allows access for both accredited and non-accredited investors. So we're setting up, Swell Compound is going to be, when it launches, uh, a Reg A fund. We are very, uh, we're very being very focused and disciplined in, in, in disciplined in terms of the, in, the alt investments we're going after. We're starting off with exclusive focus on real estate. And the reason for that exclusive focus on real estate is that I believe it's the best asset class to get started in for alt investments. I mean, you're talking about a hard asset and, you know, in real estate, you have the luxury of picking your, your market, your geography, picking your asset mm -hmm. class, picking all these things to align with macro trends. So in an up market or a down market, you've got downside protection, but you've also got nice upside potential. The other thing we're doing, and this may be a little bit too nuanced for some of your listeners, but it matters, is we're investing at the sub-institutional level. So if you want to buy what's called institutional level real estate assets, meaning like large scale packages, you can buy REITs on the public markets. You can invest in some of these big funds. The problem is you lose the juice, right? You lose the returns that you get on smaller deals. So we invest at sort of a mid-market sub-institutional level with the top real estate private equity funds. And what that does is it provides a nice balance between um, downside protection and upside. So, you know, the, we did a pi our first pilot deal, just as an example, um, we, our uh, community invested $1.6 million into a, a 20 property portfolio in Texas being managed by a top tier private equity fir firm and the, the pro forma IRR or expected annual return was about 20%. So it's okay. not a liquid investment. So you, when you invest your money, it is tied up for several years. But for compounding, for long-term compounding of money, um, it's unbeatable. Yeah. So when you say invested with your community, what does that mean? Are, are you, is this something that people can already get involved in? It sounds like you just getting started. So what yeah, that we did mean? a, we did a pilot deal within our waitlist community, basically where okay. we did, um, we did a small, you know, what we raised $1.6 million from our community. I invested in it as well. And we, it, this was a totally a pilot project, but you know, okay. I'll actually show you real quick here. Um, this is actually hot oh, off the press. This will be coming. the first time it's shown publicly, but I'm going to show your, your viewers and you, uh, awesome. Get it here real quick. So I'm showing you right here is the swell app. You probably can't see it very well, but if you look down bit. at the bottom, uh, I don't know how well you can see it. 
you'll see that it says cash credit and compound and okay. the compound tab. If I click on that, it shows that I have personally invested a hundred thousand dollars in one particular deal. And so you can okay. see that it's all integrated. Here's my cash account showing my card yep. and my balance. Mm -hmm. Here's my credit account with my balance and you know, my rate of 8% APR. And here's my yep. compound account. So all in one place, I've got sub-institutional private equity. I've got a better credit mm -hmm. product and I've got a checking account all in one place. Wow. That's really cool. So tell me a little bit more about reggae. How are you getting along uh, around uh, that? What does that mean in terms of restrictions and what requirements are there on either the investors or on the fund in order yeah. to, to be able to do that? Well, you're not really getting around any anything. Reggae is is designed as a crowdfunding mm -hmm. vehicle, and there's lots of um, lots of examples out there in the market. It's just that it hasn't really been done in the way that we're doing, where you're bringing it into the banking ecosystem. But essentially, I mean, I won't get into the nuances of of how because our customers don't have to worry about the nuances of how Reggae works. There are certain restrictions in terms of the types of investments you can make and so on, yeah. but those aren't things that we ask. One of the benefits of Swell is our customer, like 95% of people in America, don't understand how to evaluate private equity deals. So even if they were accredited, the yeah. vast majority of people aren't experts in private equity. They don't know how to tell a right. good deal from a bad deal. They don't know how to evaluate these things. So what Swell does essentially on behalf of our customers is we, we vet out deals, present them one at a time. Um, as you know, the, the best of the best, that's, that's kind of our focus. And so in our, okay. in our, in our, um, ecosystem, you choose to invest or not, it's your choice. Um, but we all invest in the same deals. It's not like a marketplace. I I'm not a fan at all of these like real estate crowdfunding marketplaces out there yeah. that give you like, frankly, a, a, a huge number of fairly low quality deals. And you're expected to kind of, you know, find the needles in the haystack. It's kind of a crazy model yeah. if you think about it. Our model is yeah. we all invest together in the best of the best deals. The top private equity firms are our partners, the best asset classes that are aligned with long-term trends, and then the best geographies where, they're, where you're seeing long-term growth. I want to definitely emphasize for your listeners the importance of geography uh, when it comes to real estate private equity. A lot of people don't know that in certain geographies, for example, the great financial crisis that happened in 08, 09, it essentially didn't happen. So if you look at like, for example, the Dallas, Texas market, Dallas mm -hmm. never had a dip through the financial crisis. It's because they never had a huge run up and the fundamentals of that market in terms of population growth, economic growth, et cetera, were very strong all along. And so you yeah. can really mitigate a lot, like in a crazy market, like we're experiencing now, you can really mitigate a lot of your downside risk by investing in the best markets and the best asset classes. Okay. So you're pre-selecting sort of, uh, well, it sounds like not class A, but pretty close and in markets that you feel like are A's and then your end user, your end investor, they don't have to do any sort of picking or are they investing into, is this a rolling fund or? Or do they, is there any picking involved or you just simply dump into compound and compound does the rest? How it's, does that? It's the latter. It's a fund and you invest and we, uh, 
you know, we bought, we, we essentially then redirect the funds and deploy them into yep. individual investments. So over time, it okay. becomes a basket of deals basically that you're invested in. Okay. And we're targeting, a, you know, we're targeting sub-institutional returns. So above market rates. And again, the real, reason we choose real estate is we like the downside protection. I mean, look, I've been, I've been a real estate investor for, for 20 plus years. And I can tell you that, you know, the, the returns through great markets and bad markets, if you choose wisely and diversify have been fantastic. It's just a great, and it's not even that, look, you should, I'm not, I would never recommend that someone, you know, and this is a really important um, point to make, and I'm sure you've made it before on this show is like, it's, you shouldn't just take all of your investment capital and move it from public markets to private markets. That would be crazy. Yeah. What, what, right. what I think I am saying, and I think you're, you're probably saying too, is it should be some percentage above zero. So this, the stat that I often cite is if you look at institutional investors, for example, the Harvard endowment fund, kind of the gold standard mm -hmm. of large yeah. institutional funds, they allocate about 40% of capital to alternative investments. The average high net worth individual, so a rich person, they allocate mm. on average about 5% of their capital to alt investments. Guess what, what percent the average retail investor allocates? Zero. zero. On average, yeah. it's zero. So, yeah. so you're talking about, you know, when I talk about people, especially non-accredited investors, you know, th that, you know, whatever strategy you pick for your investments, some percentage of it should be in alternative investments. Uh, I think that's just mm -hmm. a wise strategy. And I happen to believe that real estate private equity is the best place to start. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you feel about risk level on uh, compound. Yeah. Well, by like, its very nature, for, for I am. You. Yeah. I, I'm a, um, you know, I used to do, I'll, I'll back up and give you some context. So I used to do a ton of angel investing, which is the mm -hmm. riskiest um, form of, an, of, of private equity investment there is. And, and, you know, huge upside potential and also lots of downside risk. And I've made uh, in total about 56 angel investments. And my portfolio is doing fine. I've definitely had some losers and some winners. What I realized over time, because I also have been very active in real estate, is that I was getting the same returns from real estate with a lot less risk. Uh, in fact, mm. I've never had a real estate deal that lost money. Uh, I've had plenty mm. of, of uh, venture capital investments that have lost money. And so right. what I love about um, the right kind of real estate investments is that you've got great downside protection. Um, but your, your upside, yeah. especially at the sub-institutional level, is also very large. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to – by no means do I want to represent this as what people should expect going forward – but I can tell you that the firm that we did our first pilot deal with Swell Compound with over the past 10 or 12 years, their average return to investors across all deals was over 50% annually. And, you know, wow. again, we, we just rode a wave of incredible, you know, uh, appreciation in real estate. That's not yeah. going to continue. And, and, but, but um, it doesn't mean that there's still not great opportunities going forward. And so, you know, the market goes up, the market goes down. All you can do is pick the best investments given what's happening in the market, given the broader trends. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're around 20% IRR. Is that, that those are the sort of returns that you're targeting for, for that is future correct. acquisition? Yeah. Sort of that 15 to 20% IRR uh, with lots of downside protection. 
And again, these are long-term compounding vehicles. So this is not a good vehicle if you need um, your money to be liquid. But I always say that lack of liquidity in these investments, it's a feature, not a bug. Meaning that yeah. the biggest mistake people make with their investments is not leaving them alone. You know, 99% of being a great investor is doing absolutely nothing. Just leaving your, yeah. and waiting for time to do its work. The key ingredient in yeah. compounding is time. Uh, pick smart investments that align with long-term trends and let the money do its work. Hmm. So that was actually my next question is about the liquidity. What does that look like for investors in compound? Yeah. So um, the way, and this isn't just for investors in compound, this is for investors in real estate, private equity in general, you get liquidity yeah. when uh, a deal either um, sells or refinances, you get liquidity. And so um, now there's also dividends along the way. So we seek out deals that pay a cash, like um, every deal that we intend to invest in will be an existing cash flowing real estate asset. So typically yeah. there's dividends that, that happen, you know, you know, on the order of call it two to 8% annual dividends that are happening. But where yeah. you get the, the majority of your return is when the asset is sold or refinanced. Uh, and then there's a, there's a cash uh, distribution that happens. And that's the way all, okay. essentially all private equity, not, not just real estate, but all private equity works. Yeah. So the next question I have in here, I think you touched on it just a little bit, but I like to ask folks when we get on here, it's like, uh, and I think we've got, we kind of covered why you to start this, this business, but talk a little bit about what you see as uh, your edge, you know, with your team in terms of being able to go out there and, and select these sorts of things for folks to invest in. Yeah. Well, I think I'll step back, you know, broadly, um, one of the things that you mentioned early on, Alec, how hard it is to do what we're doing. It is very hard. There's not a lot of teams that could do this to begin with. It's a pretty select group. My team at Swell, I mean, we've worked together across multiple ventures. We have decades of experience. And so our edge is really, it's not even so much about like, you know, our ability to, to read the tea leaves and pick the best deals. We're following basic disciplines. But what makes mm -hmm. Swell pretty special is the way that we integrate across products to make everything really easy. Because most people don't have the expertise or the time or even the interest um, in spending a bunch of time on private equity, nor should they. The analogy yeah. I like to use is like, if you have a toothache, you're not going to go to the library and, and check out a book on dentistry and then start drilling your tooth. That's absurd. It's equally absurd yeah. for people to be managing their own private equity investments. Like it takes a lot of expertise. It's a real, like it's a professional job. And so, yeah. you know, a, a lot of it for us comes from, you're not even necessarily betting on swell, what we do is we actually invest alongside top real estate, private equity firms that have a long track record of outsized returns. And okay. so the, I call it the Holy Trinity of real estate investing. There's three things and you know, whether or not anyone ever signs up for swell, I would recommend this to anybody getting started in real estate, private equity, because it's a formula that works very well. There's three things you need to look at. Number one is who are you investing with? Who is the, the operating partner that what they call the GP and if you get that right, honestly, you're done. Like everything else kind of takes care of itself, but don't, don't invest with new GPs. Invest with those that have a proven track record, especially when you're just getting started. Number two is the asset class. So the asset class would be things like multifamily, single family, industrial, office, and so on. 
invest in asset classes that are aligned with long-term macro trends. So for example, I am not interested in going and buying downtown commercial office space right now. I just don't think the macro trends support it. I do think no. the macro trends support industrial warehouse space in key markets, mm. right? Agree. Uh, so number three yeah. then is geography. So invest in the best geographies, meaning where is the population growth happening? Where is economic growth happening? Um, which geographies are aligned with technology and long-term uh, macro trends? You get the, so I call those the whole, the Holy Trinity. You get those three things, right? You've really set yourself up for success. So it, it's not rocket science. Um, it's, it's just a matter of being, having, it's like, you know, comes back to the basics, right? Warren Buffett preaches this. It's like, have discipline, look for value. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant, man. I really appreciate you coming on here with folks want to get involved with swell. What should they do next? Where should they find you? Should they just go to, to download the app? Let's yeah. So we're invitation only right now. What I would, I recommend people do two things. Number one. Uh, follow me on Twitter. My handle is at camp four at C A M P four. And, and that's a first step because you can see, um, you know, the things that I talk about and then you can decide whether you believe in what I'm preaching or not. Um, the, the second yeah. thing though, if you're interested is get on our wait list at swellmoney.com. go to swellmoney.com and you can sign up for our, our wait list. And then you'll get an invitation code soon to sign up for the app. Okay. That'd be awesome. And how, how far out, uh, you know, we're probably a couple of weeks before this gets published, but how far out are you looking for? How long is someone waiting to get on? Probably about a month. To get yeah. In? We're rolling yeah. it out okay. quite slowly and deliberately and carefully. Um, you know, first two hundreds of users, then thousands, then tens of thousands. Uh, so yeah, it, it's not a long wait. Well, awesome. This has been great, man. I really appreciate you coming on here. It sounds like you got a tiger by the tail there. And I think that what you're doing is really important work. And um, and it sounds like you're just the guy to do it. So I really appreciate you coming on. Talking Thanks, about man. It. I always love uh, the opportunity to spread the word. Thanks again.